Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. our inaugural year in 2013, we have aired over 50 episodes. We've had the privilege to tell the testimonies of some of today's top Christian hip-hop artists and -and up-and-comers. To celebrate this milestone, we are going to tell our story. Well, we have to begin with my story, Galika Brown Theory Brown. I have my bachelor's in theater. Yes, I'm a theater nerd and my associates in broadcast journalism. While studying broadcast journalism, I fell in love with radio. Before I was saved, I interned at a major radio station here in my hometown of Sacramento, California. 107.9 The End, all the hits. And in 2010, I applied to various radio stations in the NorCal area as an on-air talent. One of those stations was Air One. And I got a call back. But I knew nothing about the station. So I listened to it 24-7 for days and fell in love with CCM. I never knew the genre existed. I didn't get the job, but the music started to minister to me. Then I discovered Lecrae, which led me to research more artists like him. This discovery blew my mind because hip-hop and R&B has always been my heart's love. And to be introduced to artists who make dope music that glorified God had me tripping. Even if that mean that I can't pay for them. You know I give everything for them. Some say that they down, but they ain't for them. 
Fast forward to winter of 2013. Now I'm saved, and God gave me the idea of testimony and musician story. I put together the first three episodes myself, hijacking interview footage from other publications. <laughs> the audio quality was horrible. But this wasn't something I was trying to do on a major scale. I just wanted to do it every once in a while. And if 30 or 50 people heard it and were moved to buy the artist's music, I would be satisfied. Little did I know that in Nashville, Tennessee, an audio engineer by the name of Gary Lancaster would hear my Sean McDonald episode, fall in love with the concept of the show, but not the quality of the audio, because he's an audio snob. <laughs> and little did I know that he would reach out to me via Facebook and offer his services. Gary is proof that God is constantly working behind the scenes, because that was a game changer for TMS. Gary and I both co-produced the show, and he handles all things technical. June 20th for Gemini's born. Ain't no secret I'm murdering anything I get on. Ain't no reason for surgery. Silence so we can mourn. I literally leave a murder scene every time I perform. It's a state of emergency. Been a bit of disturbance. Artists showing no courtesy. Rappers out of his form. Should be locked up for perjury. Line up on what you're doing. Selling your soul for currency. Anything that you own. Hell is for an eternity. Hope you know where you're going. An industry full of wannabes. Never will I conform. Um, light is ahead of you. Rappers just out here flowing in Half of the ones that got it don't even know what they doing. You out of rapping as whack as the rappers that you influence. So backwards half of the time, don't know if you're coming or going. Your lack of passion for rap is the reason rap has been ruined. The fashion is where your passion is. That's what you should be doing. They claim they cut from the fabrics that they paint in their drawings. But soon as they get the eating, your back and touching your growing. So riddle me, riddle me, how many rappers physically drizzle with the ability that can mess with me lyrically, mimic or even mirror me? Hella freeze over literally. Will the beast with the similes, metaphors, and agility? Little you It never dawned on me that I could actually reach out to some of these artists ask for an interview and that they would say yes. One of the first artists who said yes was Jim Stones. DeMarco Castle spent his weekdays as a kid in the southeast side of Chicago, the bush, what he called the ghetto. And he spent his weekends at his grandmother's who lived in a middle-class neighborhood. Even though the neighborhoods were drastically different, at the time, he didn't know one lifestyle was better than the other. But we had a dope life growing up. But it's kind of funny, though, to not know that you poor when you grew up. But I'm glad I grew up the way I did because it helped me appreciate a lot. the eldest of four boys and two girls. And although his biological father lived in the same middle-class neighborhood as his grandmother, he barely saw him. He would, he would promise me he was coming to get me on the weekends. Friday would come, I would run home from school, change out of my school clothes and sit on the porch and wait on him. And he'd never show up. And my mother loved us so much, she like hid stuff from us. She didn't, she didn't let me hear her like going in on him. But I'm, I'm a child. I'm like, no, no, mom. She's like, baby, he's coming out. I'm like, no, he said he's coming. And I'm watching all the cars drive up the street. DeMarco grew up in a household with his mom, his siblings, and his alcoholic stepfather. His stepfather was abusive towards his mother, and he felt he played favoritism towards his biological kids. 
So, needless to say, they didn't get along well. But like now, it's like I got the best relationship with him now. Now that we're not under the same roof no more. And then like I made songs and I, I explained my situation, what I was going through with him back then. And now that he's sobered up and he's not the same person he was before, he listens, he can hear my songs. And I, and I guess he, he feels convicted or something or, and they can be like, wow, I didn't know you felt like that. But he respects me to the T now. What do you have in common with Ravens running back Justin Forsett or Cardinals linebacker Sam Acho? Like you, they're blasting CHH tracks pre-game to get hyped. Look, you may never play in the NFL. Okay, okay, but you could have Madden 16. You serious, Clark? Yeah, we're serious. Tweet us at Musician Story and tell us what CHA songs get you hyped and tag a friend you can't wait to destroy in Madden 16. On August 5th, we'll announce one lucky winner at random. For rules and eligibility, please visit TestimonyStories.com contest. We gotta play football! It's a game! It's happening today! Let's go! That was a major episode for us. That Gemstone's testimony started our relationship with Rapzilla.com. After hearing it, they invited us to use their platform to tell our stories. Our first Rapzilla exclusive was with a young man with an amazing voice, whose name I did not know how to pronounce because it had no vowels. But I heard his voice on a Joey Prophet song. By the way, Joey Prophet was the first official episode Gary and I worked on together. I heard his voice, looked up his music, and became an instant fan. That artist was Spazzy Rocket. ended up being on his June 2012 mixtape, While We're Young. Spazzy has had a hard time describing his genre of music because it is so different and every song is unique, making it hard for producers to know what to make for him. And that may be because he is influenced by so many artists, including secular ones. When people hear me say that, I guess they automatically take their mind to like Waka Flocka. But <laughs> I listen to a lot of guys overseas. I love James Blake. He is pure musician. He does stuff so weird and he's got that great voice and that British accent on top of all of it. 
Um, I listen to a lot of bands. I love bands. My favorite band is RK Fire. Then we go to Kings of Leon. We go to Coldplay. Um, the Maccabees are... Actually, I should say the Maccabees are my favorite band. I love the Maccabees. Good Lord. I love British rock. They have something to say a lot of times. Like, they think about stuff that us as urban artists, we don't really tend to think about when we're writing. And so... People, oh, Mumford and Sons, that's things talking about writing. I absolutely, absolutely love um, Marcus Mumford. To me, the best writer in the world. Just amazing. And just paying attention to guys like those who, what they're saying when they're, when they're writing songs, the perspective they're coming from, and just listening to their, you know, they got awesome voices. I like music that helped me get better musically. But what seems to be even more difficult for listeners is trying to figure out how to pronounce S-P-Z-R-K-T. One of his friends started calling him Spazzy because N-E-R-D had a song called Spaz that he would dance to in the school cafeteria. He felt like he needed a last name, and because his group Movement of Truth was doing a space-themed album at the time, he came up with Rocket. And as for the spelling of it, he just thought it looked cool. Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at TestimonyStories.com. That's Testimony Stories with an S.com. Where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. That first season, I had a couple full circle moments. The first was with Derek Minor, formerly known as Pro. His Dying to Live album was my first Christian hip hop digital album download, and I got to interview him. I sent it in, and it was crazy because everybody was like, you know, that's one of the coldest verses we ever heard you do. The key to life, money, power, respect. Louis this, Gucci that, two private jets. Big money, big business, watch the paper stack. Treat life like a game, it ain't pool, but I'm racked. Uh, big bucks, no whammies. I swear I probably lump somebody here for a Grammy. My heart black as the Lambo, Kimbo for Kanye. And I ain't frontin', I'm just telling y'all what God say. 
seek my own will since the day that Adam cursed me. The lust for power go to your brain if you let it. You say what up, dog? I hear God. I'm so dyslexic. Sit on the throne. It's really a toilet, hard septic. I had no power. I get handed death. I must accept it. It's hard to see the light when you never listen. A whole life's blacked out. The power's tripping. That injury forced him to slow down and provided him with the opportunity to think about his brand, which ultimately led him to changing his name to Derek Minor. And I kind of felt that the brand pro was going in a direction that I didn't want it to go in. Like, I felt like I was becoming this Christian rap anthem guy. I felt like a glorified cheerleader. Listen to all my mixtapes. They all had, like, songs that had, like, great depth to them. The stuff that I was known for was, like, the 116 anthems, the going in, the just the Christian rap anthems. And I was thinking, I was like, well, I'm 28 when I'm 33. Am I really going to want to be a Christian rap anthem guy? I wanted to be known more for my depth and my social commentary. and Not to mention that when you type pro in any search engine, you don't get pro bass shops, pro basketball, pro hockey, pro bowling, pro bono. You have to be really specific to find me on the internet. But we know that Christian rap is mostly found on the internet. So I was like, man, I just want to do a completely new brand and push a completely new sound. But for my old fans, for the people that's been rocking with me since Pro Show and Blackout, they'll be getting back the artists that they heard back then. Mine is a synonym for Junior because I'm Derek Lawrence Johnson Jr. So pretty much it's Derek Jr. The second was with Alex Faith. Here's a little quick background. One of those crappy first episodes I did on my own was on We Live as Kings. I sent Alex the SoundCloud link and he actually retweeted it and shared it on Facebook. And he said, this is a quote, If you have a long car ride coming up, this is a worthwhile listen. If you want to learn about Collision Records and the new album, an NPR-style culture piece on WLAK. To say I geeked out would be an understatement. So, interviewing him for real about his debut studio album, At Last, was a humbling experience. Alex Faith was born Stephen Alexander Faith on December 27, 1989, in Atlanta, Georgia. When he was really young, his parents divorced. Typical story, right? Well, it ain't. Because after their divorce, his father became a Christian, courted his mother, then she became a Christian, and they remarried. Alex barely remembers the divorce, so to him, he grew up in a two-parent household. As a kid, he loved to draw and was very introverted. His younger brother was his closest buddy. But things began to change once he hit puberty. 
Tote that too, smoke that weed, pull that chick. This is what you wanna be, sitting high in a pickup, low in a Chevy. Weight of the implication is way beyond heavy. Life sucks sometimes, but we can't admit it. So you sitting in a church pew, hoping to catch the spirit. Thinking it'll never happen, so you know you ain't serious. That best life now, BS, I ain't trying to hear it. The disrespect, the struggle, and the people going through it. The high school dropout who always hear they blew it. The hardworking father laid off. So he's walking in the bank with two clips to make ends meet So his attitude is screw it Depends to what lens you want to view it American soil is where we grew it Hell is where they brew it But I know the one who can touch anything So middle school, you get introduced to girls You get introduced to, you know, foolishness outside of school The influences around me kind of started to show themselves and started getting more into music. I played on a football team. I was terrible. Uh, <laughs> started getting friends outside of just being the introverted, a weird kid who liked to draw all the time. Uh, that turned into rapping. A lot of my friends started doing, you know, crazy things and I had a lot of family. Just this influence that was there that was opposing to what my father was teaching me. So, you know, my dad is, you know, a Christian. I, I know he's a Christian. He remarried my mother. I know that the Lord is the only reason why my family is together at this point. I've seen the Lord as such a strong force force of, you know, reconciliation. You get to this place where it's like, man, everybody's telling me, you know, I got to go do this stuff, have a girlfriend, I got to drink alcohol and do all of these different things that everybody's doing around me. I, you know, there was just this kind of war for, you know, what was going on. That was that was pretty much the whole of my teenage years was just me trying to figure out if I wanted to love Jesus or if I wanted to do my own thing. Um, and ultimately, I don't think it was really a choice that I made. Uh, I feel like, you know, God saved me from that in my mind. I was like, man, you know, I believe in God. And I believe that these things that I'm doing are wrong, but it's so much fun and, you know, I'll get saved later. The environment in the city of Atlanta was a major cultural influence in Alex's life. Yeah. Say welcome to the south side of home of the Trump beat. Bass so heavy, leave you walking like you had them drunk feet. They don't like the way my tongue speaks. They heard I used auto-tune and I like to rap on drunk beats. Honestly, I'm sick and tired of reading all these dumb tweets about who's next in line just to blow up in the street. I think it really numbs me for real, though it's overdue. It's all coming back now. I'm just getting over you. I had long hair, you know, braids. Sometimes it would lock up, so I would just have this really bad long hair that was just, I didn't care about it. So I looked like a typical hood dude. So we would smoke weed, try to get with as many girls as you could, do all of that stuff. Whatever we saw in rap music videos, we would try to emulate that. So I would try to buy cars like I saw in videos, get the prettiest girl I could get. So, you know, you would objectify women. And there were girls that I liked who were not as pretty as other girls, but, you know, you would ignore them because you wanted to, to do your thing and be like ludicrous. You don't got the funds like rappers to ball out like you want to. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you 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 try your best. And, and a lot of times that, that turns into wasting money and all kind of foolishness. I wouldn't be doing music now, I don't think, if the dudes that I looked up to did not come from the same place as me. When I was a teenager, when I was in middle school and high school, you know, they were the only thing on the radio and they were killing it. So now that you've got rappers coming up from everywhere, New York, Canada even, what was killing it when Drake was a teenager, when ASAP Rocky was a teenager, it was dudes in the South. And so everybody sounds like that now. But for me, it was like, these dudes are from the same neighborhood as me. Like T.I. went to Riverdale High School, Outkast, uh, Big Boy always talks about College Park and the 
Swats in East Point. You know, I, I went to church in East Point. It's just one of those things where it's like they're speaking a language that I understand. They're saying things that resonate with me. They're talking about streets that I know where they are. I've seen some of them around. So it's like, man, when you see your favorite rapper eating somewhere, it's like, man, he's still here. And that encourages you to want to kind of like, hmm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to start rapping. And it's everybody wanted to be a rapper, but I definitely wouldn't be rapping uh, now if it wasn't for Atlanta being like kind of the hub with like the Ying Yang twins and Little John and the East Side Boys. They were killing everything. That was the only thing out, you know. Even dudes like Usher, who's just, you know, on the R&B side of things. It's just the influence was so great that, you know, elite R&B singers were putting dudes like Little John on songs. That doesn't even make sense, but it was one of the biggest songs ever. So it's like, man, Atlanta took over stuff. So I, I definitely enjoyed that era. Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. Creatively, one of the most challenging testimonies for me to tell was on Christian Grey. I decided I needed to do two parts. School of Roses was just too complicated for me to try to squeeze it into one episode, including his testimony. So I took a chance. Two parts was something I had never done before. Artistically, I had to do it. And being that it was one of the most anticipated albums of the year, I didn't think anyone would mind. And they didn't. It was one of our most successful episodes. And to this date, one of my favorites. Chris describes the song Wind Chaser. Forgive me not turning and love me not. Love me not tied us together though. It's ever so cupid how we fell for the weather though. Autumn, who you wanna see so bad? I'm like, call him. You leave me no option. You distorted the portrait. You've been more than important. Blazing the trail was pointless. Like no porter in Portland. It's been more of a jar than shrug for me. But nowadays ain't much more than a hug for me. Enigma, I ain't cried yet. She feels some whack left. Gone to November and then some. Gone to November and then some. Gone to November and. I don't wanna start all over. To me too long to grow up. I mean, that title is pure scripture. It's. And you find a chasing of the wind all throughout Ecclesiastes where. Solomon is talking about things that are meaningless. I approached my selfish desires in marriage as being me chasing the wind. So I start complaining. I wanted to make love. She wanted to break up. We're in a bad spot, basically. Marriage is on the rocks. And, you know, for whatever reason, whatever difficulties have gone on, and mind you, I'm not just telling my stories through these songs either. I'm telling everybody's stories. So it's this whole idea of, you know, feeling entitled in marriage, any spouse, you know, the, the female could say something totally different 
about what she's looking for in the relationship or the marriage, or he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. I'm saying, well, she's not doing this. She's not doing that. And I wonder how long we're going to last. You know, I don't want to start all over. It took me too long to grow up. Like what? That's such a jerk statement. Like, what do you mean? You haven't grown up yet. I know, but that's how I feel. I'm chasing the wind. So at the end of wind chaser, I say, now we can't make love because love is what made us. And I'm still ready to try again. I'll start over till the end. So I'm realizing that instead of me playing the blame game in my marriage, let me realize that this whole thing I've been looking for doesn't exist. Uh, don't forget to let me lead the way. Watching from the distance, wish I could make a difference. But I just make it difficult, so I'm grabbing my binoculars. Cause I don't wanna get close. I've done enough damage for the both of us. Thinking I should hit the road, get invisible, vanish. The last song, part of the prerequisite, is Vanish. But if I wait too long, you just made me go. Shortly after the Christian Grey episode, we ended our relationship with Rapzilla. It was a wonderful ride, and we are extremely grateful for the platform they provided. But we wanted to build our own platform and be heard on radio as well. Now the show is broadcasted through several FM and AM stations, internet radio stations, and can be accessed via iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For a list of our affiliates, visit TestimonyStories.com. I spend my days wondering where I belong Anymore these tears and memories that are leaving me I see a dim reflection Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician's story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Oh,